Welcome back to Call That Girl's Remote Support Show. I'm Lisa Hendrickson, your hostess, and this is show number 14. Just a reminder, all recorded shows can be found on podnuts.com. Moving ahead on my YouTube channel, uh, excuse me, slash Call That Girl. YouTube slash Call That Girl. And of course, here on Ustream. And of course, on Remote Rockstars, where the show schedule is also posted. Uh, Because I'm going to be having some traveling going on in the next month, and... Uh, a big garage sale and just other things. The show won't be so consistent, but I'll try to get a show in somehow else if I can. Welcome to this week's show. Um, I'm going to try to do all killer, no filler, but considering I just came back from my CompTIA conference, and uh, strangely, <laughs> I left on Sunday. I just did a show on Saturday, and... I didn't do much work Monday, Tuesday, or Wednesday. I came back Thursday to catching up, and then Friday was all just tons of calls. It was like the universe was like, Lisa, you're ready, so get back to work. So I spent most of Friday just cleaning up messes and booking appointments and scheduling, and, and um, you know, I decided to change the, <laughs> decided to change the way I did some interviews, so I'll talk about that maybe on the next show because I kind of wanted to test some new theories, and my testing worked. So I got two awesome bookings on Monday. Like I said, didn't have a lot of tech jobs this week because I was in Phoenix, and I'm going to do a little review of the CompTIA conference I was at. So if anybody wants to go next year or to any other tech conferences, you might get an eye of what I experienced. But uh, let's see, you know what, like I said, I didn't have much work this week to go into, so there's really no killer, sadly. Um, I once again (laughs) have to tell everybody that the Office 365 work and the Outlook work, and I talk about it frequently, boy, let me just tell you, it's getting more and more convoluted. There was a, a job I did last week that, actually it was about two weeks ago. Now, when you do a, a exchange migration, you know, there's kind of a theory behind the work. Everybody picks up how they like doing it. There's many ways to do it. You can use migration whiz tools. You can use um, other exchange tools. I do it all by hand. And so the client I was helping had a Macintosh. Now, the Macintosh she was on, she was doing IMAP through Gmail, which many of my listeners already know I'm not a big fan of Gmail. But I said, you know what, let me do this, since I'm kind of savvy with Outlook on my computer. I said, let me download all your mail to um, my computer through Gmail so I could get a full download. And again, we had the filter problem, which is very common. But that wasn't the biggest problem with this. The problem was that she was on her Mac using um, uh, iCloud as her calendar management tool. So I went and got her calendar. Well, it turns out that she actually had 10 calendars, which I don't understand how iCloud organizes all of their calendars. So that was just another, like, probably an hour and a half worth of work to export calendars, import them. And and you just can't export it like you do in, uh, on a PC side. You have to do um, an export of an ICS file, and then you import it into a test profile in Outlook, and then you can import it into the server. So there's a lot of steps behind this. And every job, it seems like I have to learn new things, which I kind of really like, you know, and the client totally understood 
that I put in all this extra work and she was really thankful and you know she gave me a little extra money because that's not normal to have to do all this extra work and but unfortunately she had a snag with uh, something else at the very end and she wasn't so happy <laughs> and I, I you know when it comes to us having to make clients happy the most we can do is um, do our best you know do our best with the client make sure we do the appropriate things like manage expectations and be realistic with people and if you under quote a job sometimes you have to eat that and sometimes you have to eat it I guess is the best way to put it twice so uh, that job I wish I would have built by the hour but then it's still you know probably would have been an $800 job and that's kind of high to do an email migration I guess but anyway that was the story I wanted to share last time and I didn't and this time I'm telling it because at the very end another snag happened you know and and I really feel bad because you know you're dealing with servers different computers you know different devices and and these can get hairy so uh, uh, if you're gonna start diving into office 365 it's not always just easy breezy work and you know it can be timing and uh, not timing but just takes a lot of time so I'm going to be revising my pricing and how I bid out jobs moving forward because so many people have Gmail with iCloud with iCal and then a Mac and a PC and a Apple and a Surface and it's just getting to be a lot of devices and a lot of stuff and people are calling in with uh, they have a lot of problems so I'll talk about that more in the next show but on the brighter side I've been having a lot of clients who have had really good luck with using Outlook.com, which I'm calling the free server that Microsoft offers uh, in replacement of an exchange server. But you have to use Outlook.com account. But I don't think people have to use that email. I think you can use a forwarding. But the Outlook.com is really cool. So I set up three people in the last couple of weeks. Well, it took an hour and a half. It wasn't very long. But basically, I set them up with an account. You set up an Outlook you set up on their phones then you import calendars and contacts it's easier to do it in iCloud on, on the browser I'll be honest but um, everything dumps in and then just kind of separates and if you do an Outlook it has to go up and then down uh, but I really like Outlook.com for for um, clients who are having problems with Gmail sync and that's one of the trending topics right now is that Gmail turned off its syncing tools so people are like, what happened to all these, you know, this free calendar syncing I had? And I'm like, it's gone, people. It's gone. They turned it away. So, let's see. Well, let's review CompTIA. I want to do a shout out first to all my new friends. We have Dan, who's in the chat room. Dan Rivera. I have Frederick from Technible. Carol, one of the listeners from my show. Ray the photo guy of course I met Mike Smith and Carrie Holzman and they were really fun I spent a lot of time with both of them actually Corey Fruitman from instant house call and I met Chris Carruthers my technician and he flew down from Canada which was pretty cool and then I met Tim Keith Raz tools from the Mike Smith mod pod and Gabrielle Angela Mark Cobb and David and I'm probably missing some people, but there's quite a quite a crew there at the show, and it was a lot of fun. Uh, I want to tell a couple stories first. <laughs> so, 
my first story is I'm not even out of my neighborhood yet, and I, I get picked up by a cab. I have four legs to get to this hotel. The first leg is my house to the hotel shuttle, or to the shuttle in, in where I live, and I get picked up by a cab driver. And, you know, I've heard this story so many times, and it always cracks me up when people find out you fix computers, and I bet you you know where I'm going with this if you've heard this story too. <laughs> He's a little, he's a little, little Mexican guy, and he goes, you know, I got a question, and I was like, okay. He goes, you know, I was at my sister's house, and no one was home, so hmm, my assumption is you started looking at porn, you know, <laughs> that's my assumption. <laughs> and he goes, yep, I looked at porn, and I got um, a virus, I think, and the virus said I needed to, and I told him, pay $300? And he goes, yeah, it was $300. And it was just so cute because I wasn't even out of my neighborhood yet, and this guy was telling me this story, and I'm like, what a way to kick off my four-day conference is <laughs> the cab driver's telling me his porn story. Anyway, before I'm even out of the cab, he's telling me all about his girlfriend, and I'm telling him about my boyfriend, and I break it off, and it was like we're buddies instantly. <laughs> it was kind of funny. So then I get on this uh, shuttle from where I live to the Minneapolis airport, and that was fine, um, kind of boring. Then my flight was fine, and as soon as I get to Phoenix and um, get out of the airport, I'm Minnesota girl. I get outside the airport, and I'm like, wow, am I in a heat tunnel or something? Because it was hot. And then I sat there and realized, no, I'm actually in Phoenix. It's hot here. And it is hot. And I was just in Utah a few months ago for a month, and it was hot there every day, too. It's a desert hot, like super hot. And then I was like, well, you better use the heat if you're moving to Key West because it's hot. <laughs> it's hot. A little more coastal hot down there. But so anyway, the heat was fine. I tolerated that. And I get dropped off at the hotel, and the first person I run into is Mike Smith the Mike Tech show. It was so funny, just like the first person I run into. And um, we were like, okay, we're going to check in and we'll catch up later. And Mike and I have never met. And um, this resort was huge, like just completely huge. And I didn't even know where I was. Like they said, go here. And it just seemed like a mile away. And it really wasn't that big. But you know, when you're hauling around your stuff and you get to the, the room and you see where the conference is, they had a whole section for the conference. But um Anyway, I go check in and go downstairs and meet the gang, and we had some drinks, and I just started finding out that it was a nice group of people from all of our communities where we all hang out together. Um, the podcast shows, of course, Mike and um, Mike Smith's show, the Tech Vet show, my show, Pod Nuts, Tech Nibble, and it was just a nice crew of people that all kind of just started getting together, and... Um, then I started noticing the factions at the conference. And the, the factions is what I'm saying is like the groupings of different people. And I started seeing the people with the CompTIA um, badges. <coughs> Excuse me. And some of them had like lots of layers of badges. Like they've, you know, veterans of it. And um, there was a lot of suit people. A lot of suit people. And um, I just was... Like, 
is this everybody I'm going to be talking to is all these suit people? And I, I'm not a suit person. You know, I'm not a corporate SEO or CEO person. I'm not a fancy dresser. And um, then I started noticing there was another group of people, which was like, I'd call them the hustlers. People that were always on their phones and always doing stuff and always had a laptop and they were always doing busy, busy work, you know. And uh, then there was another group, which was us, the technicians. And all three of us had value at this conference, you know. The the suit people, the, the decision makers, the CEOs of the companies, they were all there to work with each other. And then the salespeople were trying to talk to them and the salespeople were trying to talk to us. And so I just kind of found that I could pick out a technician like in a heartbeat. <laughs> it was kind of cool. It was like easy once I figured it out who was my group. And since I'm kind of social, I found that the, the suit people didn't really like me. Then the salespeople did because they, you know, wanted to sell me stuff. Then the techs, you know, were just kind of, even the ones that I didn't know were, were always very chatty and cool. I met a few guys out uh, smoking outside, so it was neat. It was pretty cool. Well, anyway, um, let's see. So then Monday was our big show, which was very successful. We will be posting it up on all the channels as soon as uh, Carrie has it done. It was a two-hour show. Bryce and myself from Technible did a mini show just talking about, you know, kind of the value add of Technible and sharing and giving and, you know, and other people posting things on forums and in podcast shows that we all learn from. We're a very learning and sharing community, and I'm very thankful for that. Um, and then Mike and Carrie did a show, and Carrie brought in a couple guests, and I really appreciated meeting some other people, uh, like from Channel Pro, which I think is a magazine that I'm going to subscribe to and start, um, you know, I don't really get a lot of techie magazines. I'm not, a, you know, hardware tech person. I get Entrepreneur Magazine, so I thought, I'll subscribe to this Channel Pro mag and see. Um, and, of course, I picked up one at the event, and I forgot it, of course. Um, but anyway, the show was good. It was two hours. It was hosted by Instant House Call, and it was a lot of fun. So, oh, Sorry. So we'll be posting that later. And then that afternoon was the vendor booths. And I've been to tons of exhibit shows, and they're generally, for the most part, you know, where you go and hustle and meet people and do business cards. And I didn't find myself out there hustling as much as I thought because I'd walk up and down the aisles and I'd look at what the vendors were selling, and a lot of it was not as things that I had any interest in in needing because my my business will not need the, that kind of stuff like bars and servers and virtual machines and. I mean, a lot of it was just out of my technical range, <laughs> to be honest with you. I don't know. So I just kind of walked up and down the aisles, met a few people. I met one of my reps from App River, which was kind of neat to uh, to see someone in person that I've worked with. And I just kind of just tried to um, just just kind of try to schmooze a little bit, pick up some new cards, and and then of course when I got home. I forgot all those people and what they were for, so now it's kind of pointless. I think that's why you have to hook up like right after the show or during the show, I guess. Um, all right, then Tuesday I just kind of laid low and went to the vendor show again and hung out with some more folks. 
Then Tuesday night went out with the gang. A whole bunch of us went out for dinner and just got to know each other a little bit, shared some stories, and had fun. And then Wednesday morning, had to come home. And it was a long, like, I think seven or eight hours for me to get home from there. It was a lot. But, you know, it was well worth it. A lot of fun. So I appreciate everybody I met there, meeting new, some new friends, and had some fun. So if you are considering going to a tech conference like that, you know, it might be worth it. Make sure you figure out what your your purpose of going is. Mine was to meet new contacts and to meet people that I already knew online and to have a little vacation because I didn't work too much. So it was kind of nice. Okay, moving ahead. Let's see here. Um, hmm. I, of course, I'm going to do my promo for Podnuts and the Android apps, excuse me, Android app addict show. If you're into Androids and you're into apps and you're addicted, this is a show for you. Um, you want to check it out. It's five days a week. Each show is the perfect length to get you through your daily commute, workout, and addiction. The show now brings on developers and company CEOs and reps to talk about apps with the gang. If you have any Android device, Wait, I'm sorry. If you have an Android device and you aren't listening to the show, you are missing out. Go to podnuts.com slash AAA. Subscribe to the feed and be entertained. I think moving ahead, I'm going to try to start talking about a tool of the week or a, um, a good tip, you know, for repairs. I know a lot of the techs that listen to my show aren't so centric into, you know, Outlook. But one tool that I'm using right this moment with a with a um, with a client is an OST to PST converter tool. So here's why you need this tool. Like let's say you get a client and they're like, "Yeah, you know, I used to have all these folders and they're all just gone." Well, why they're gone is because they're probably on Outlook 2013, but they could be on 2010 or seven. But they had set up their email to be IMAP. Nothing wrong with that, but in Outlook 2013, it creates an OST file, offline sync tool file, which basically it's a local copy of the server's email and folders because the server, like Exchange, everything is in your, you know, in your Outlook and it's like live with the server. So the OST file lets you work offline like if you're going to go on a plane or you're going to just, you know, not have the internet and you still want to just see all your emails and do them. It's very common to have an OST file. Excuse me, but what, what people are doing is they're removing it and you can't add back an OST file to an Outlook profile. It's, it doesn't show up in any of the, when you click add to go add a profile, it doesn't add, or excuse me, there's nothing there. So what happens is people are stuck and there's like, <laughs> excuse me, <coughs> a lot of mail kidnapped basically so what you have to do is download this OST to PST converter tool now if you're a technician that's going to be offering this as a service to people you can buy the technical license for $300 which I've done which is nice or you can buy the one time for 99 now as a remote support tech how do I fix these with my license right so one thing I do is I transfer the file from their computer to my computer and then I convert it on my computer where I have the license and then I fix it and then I send it back over through Dropbox or through my remote support tools. Um, it can take some time to fix those kind of files but 
it might be easier just to do it on the client's computer and have them pay the $99. <laughs> I'll be honest, because that's what happened to this client last night. I was remoted in, I lost connection, and, you know, it was gone. So, halfway through, so then I just remoted in this morning, and I got it running, and it was fixed in like 20 minutes, and all his files were there, and it was nice. So, you pay the 99 you can export the OST files and folders to a PST file, and then Outlook can see them. So that is my tool of the week. Uh, next week I'm going to talk about N-Edit. I think that's the name of it. It's really nifty. It's a nifty edit tool, I'll call it. And I'm hoping to still get to do a tune-up here. I had to talk to Mike about how to do a screen share um, tool so I can show you guys my um, uh, screen share so I can show you what I'm doing on my computer because I want to do some fun things with you guys. One thing I want to do is have a, a contest live. I want someone to remote in and try to fix something and maybe they'll win something or just to challenge your remote support tech abilities. Uh, I thought that'd be kind of fun. Maybe do a virus removal. Maybe I'll throw a nasty one on my computer. Um, but anyway, I want to get to those tune-ups, that tune-up show, so it'll hopefully be soon as soon as I can practice that a little bit more. Okay, we are going to jump right into the topic of the week, and the topic this week is handling the workload as a remote support tech. I know a lot of you work from your homes, your shops, and remote support is just an add-on bonus for you. It's not your core service load. So you might want to, you know, just listen in to be like, oh, okay, eventually if I ever go that way, which anybody can go that way if your shop closes and you're not getting enough work or you just say fooey on the shop, I'm done with that. Um, but handling the workload is very important because clients in these days right now, we're dealing with a lot of fast technology. And what they want to do is get their information to you as fast as possible. And they want it through email and texting, period. My call volume has dropped immensely since last year. And it's called Call That Girl. But people are not calling me. They're emailing in. And so now I've had to change my interview strategy to be over email. Uh, I can tell you that I've booked imp oodles and oodles of, call, of, of you know service jobs without ever talking to somebody. And... That kind of hurts me in the interview process and I probably should change it to be, well, let's talk on the phone so I can give them a good pitch and make sure they're covered with all their stuff and make that 129 job go to like 450 to make sure they have everything. But it's all up here. You know, when you start emailing with people, it's fast for you. You can move on and do something else, but then you're not taking the time to do a better job. But... The point is, with handling your workload, you have to consider email a big factor in your day. Email, checking emails, being as fast as possible. The faster you are and responsive, the faster people want to hire you because they, you know, you're on the ball. But anyway, so email's coming in. Then you also have website forms coming in. I don't get so many of those anymore. Not so much. But then your calls, of course, and people are now texting as well. So when they're texting... I usually only try to text a client I'm working with at the time because it, it could be too much to book appointments over text. I can't see the iPhone for one thing. My eyes go blurry and it ruins my day. Um, but anyway, so you're taking the communications that's handling your workload because you're booking appointments, you're doing follow-ups, 
you know, someone's not happy from something last week, you got to add that to your workload. And I try to keep a spreadsheet running. I've talked about this before. Keep my spreadsheet running constantly with all the jobs I'm doing that week, which is how I guide my shows for remote support here to say, oh, yeah, I remember that job I did. So, and it kind of keeps you in a, um, a time frame, too, of how many, you know, free help you might have had to give people because you're not billing them. You can put their free follow-up fix aftercare fix um but outside of that your calendar is super important and i know a lot of techs might not need a calendar because they're taking them in the shop or they're well the mobile techs probably do but if you have a shop you know what's your calendar useful for unless you need to book something maybe i'm wrong i don't know when i worked in my shop people just dropped off stuff <laughs> and then we just call them when it was done so but if you're doing remote support you have to watch your calendar and here's a few reasons why. I like doing my virus removals and my tune-ups in the morning. Getting them done. And I haven't done them in a while now, but I might come back to start doing them. But I like getting them done in the morning because if there's snags and whatnot, they get done during the day. Um, I definitely have learned to not book a virus removal at 5 o'clock at night. No, not for this girl. Because... The five o'clock virus removal I would book would last till 10 o'clock at night. And I have worked hard enough that I try to be done with work at five or six. I can't do night work anymore unless it's by request and it's very important to the client because of whatever reasons. But I just have learned to stop booking appointments after six because my workload needs to be done during nine to five. And I usually work till six though. But, um, yeah, don't do virus removals or tune-ups after 5 unless you work nights and weekends. And, of course, you might like them at that time because, you know, if you're doing a virus removal, you don't have to be at your computer the whole time doing it. You can take off and do other things and watch the computer, and that's what I call handling the workload. You can also handle doing two to three virus removals once you're good at it. You know, make a few hundred bucks in a night. But that's... Back when I was doing the morning virus removals, I liked conquering two or three out in the morning. That was nice. Just to get them done. But, you know, back to the whole handling your workload is you got to make sure if you're going to book a break-fix job that you don't overflow that with another job because most of my break-fix work, I have to have done, well, I don't have to have it done, but I'm on the phone with people the whole time. And some jobs, you are on the phone the whole time just you have to be because they have to do stuff and trust me if I if I don't need someone for 10-15 minutes I say I'll call you right back because it's just a waste of time to sit there and fake talk or whatever but you know your hourly or break fix work you cannot double book you just can't you have to give that time to the client um, the virus removals and tune-ups you have some wiggle room to double book those and that's important because you should be double and triple booking those because those are flat fee rates and people don't really care as long as you're getting it done if you can learn to manage a few jobs go you know you should be making that kind of money um you're also going to get to know the jobs a little bit better the more remote support you do you know you also learn your clients and the more they call in you'll understand okay this person needs a lot more time uninterrupted and they're willing to pay for it Maybe they need hand-holding or whatever the case is. But you really have to um, make the time for the person. They're paying you a good wage to spend time with them. And be prepared always for, I got a question. I just got one more question. 
Oh, wait, I have one more question. Then you take the bill. I've got two more questions. <laughs> Very common in our world to hear that. And um, I always chuckle anytime someone always says, oh, I got another question. Like, I know, because the questions never end in our world, do they? Nope, they don't. Um, but managing your workload really, really helps when, um, really, really helps when, when, you know, if you start getting going and stuff, I had made a lot of mistakes in my early years, just many of them, uh, booking wrong appointments. Oh, sorry, I got a big fly here. Booking wrong appointments, uh, not booking enough time, and definitely not booking time in between jobs. I know it can get really exciting in the beginning if you're starting to book a lot of things, especially if you're trying to, like what I had done is get out of a shop, you know, environment, and I was moving to um, remote. I was booking myself with no breaks. <laughs> it's very, very tough. It's very tough. And at the end of your day, you're like, holy crap, I didn't have a break. And you are exhausted. So the other thing I try to do with managing my workload is give myself, I book usually appointments on the hour. But if I quoted the client, you're going to need two hours. I book it for the two hours and then I give myself a half hour break in between. And I have to do that because if that job ends earlier, then I have other things to do. And if it goes longer, then I can always say, you know what, I have to call you back because I have another appointment because I scheduled two hours. People get it. No one's been, ever been upset with me for a reschedule. And, you know, most people totally understand and they have other things to do too sometimes. And also, you can also learn, um, like with doing data transfers and stuff, when, you know, you're going to book a data transfer, it could take a couple hours. So you want to book that in with virus removals. Blend them both together. Do more work. And clients, if they're paying a, uh, paying a flat fee, they understand that. Okay, that's kind of my managing your workload section here. Um, blah, blah, blah. Any chatters got any questions today? I don't see any in here, so I am going to close the show, folks. We covered comp, and we covered in managing your workload. Sorry I didn't have a lot of fun experiences, but next weekend for sure, because I already have tons of bookings for next week, and it's going to be scary hairy. Yes, it will be. <laughs> so remember, you can find me on Twitter. I have a new channel. I'm trying to build up Remote Rockstars now instead of Call That Girl. So at Remote Rockstars. You can email me, lisa at podnuts.com or lisa at callthatgirl.biz. If you're interested, check out my ebook, and you can purchase that at remoterockstars.com now. I have it up there on the first page, and I have a new sales page, and it's fancy. So I'd love it for anybody to give me some feedback on it. And also check out my past shows over at podnuts.com slash ctg. And... There should be some social media links in my show notes to follow and participate. And that's a wrap, folks. I appreciate you downloading and listening, and I'll talk to you next time.